Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. I'm kind of a big deal. Whenever you hear the music, Colin, take it away. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Good Monday afternoon on the 26th of September, 2022. Spencer, Nick, and Colin here for the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, family-owned full-service funeral home that has probably served our area since 1880. Uh, A lot of stuff to talk about today. In about uh, 11 or so minutes, we'll be joined by head coach of the Muscleman Appleman, Brian Thomas. They got a big win over Morgantown on Friday night in a, in a really a top 10 clash here in the state down in Inwood. Uh, and uh, first, uh, we'll talk about the rest of the high school scores. Uh, we'll start with the game we had on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Martinsburg winning over Hedgesville 63-6. to uh, But Hedgesville got it going early. First drive of the game, they went down and scored a touchdown, Colin. Yeah, it was a uh, deep pass from Ruess to Tanner Matthew to start off Hedgesville being up 6 nothing, and then the very next drive it seemed like the momentum was staying on Hedgesville's side because Tanner Matthew was able to get a pretty big interception as well for the Eagles, but right after that Martinsburg was able to get their ball right back, score on a screen pass to Murphy Clement, and from there on out it was all Martinsburg the rest of the way cruising to a, another huge win and it really worked with the uh, ground game I think whenever we looked at the stats I think it was what a net of 329 rushing yards I believe and then I think it was around 160 170 passing yards for yeah 167 Ezra. passing yards uh, 12 of 21 for him he had five touchdowns to one pick on 167 yards very efficient in those 12 completions yes and then looking at the the running numbers, you said 329 was the net yards, four touchdowns on the ground, 106 from Zion Grantham, nine attempts for 110 yards, but he had one for minus four yards. Uh, then three rushes for 67 yards for Avion Blackwood, who they used in the backfield on Friday night. Uh, Murphy Clement, five carries for 49 yards. Uh, that touchdown as well. So Blackwood, Grantham, Clement had a touchdown as well as uh, Busky came in there, had a touchdown as well. But uh, King came in, had a pretty solid effort, four carries for 37 yards. A.J. Harrison had four carries, 42 yards. Uh, but it just seemed like uh, Martinsburg keeping the ground game going and, you know, not to overlook, buzzed over at five catches for 87 yards, and four of those catches were touchdown, pass, touchdown receptions. Yeah, it was a very impressive win all around for Martinsburg, and that's what we expected them to do once they finally were able to come back into EPAC play, and I expect nothing uh, of the less this coming week. I think uh, when the game started, though, in that first drive, it was a little bit concerning, I guess, that Martinsburg got off to such a slow start with those first two drives, but then they really locked in and they – played Martinsburg football and I think overall it was a very impressive performance for the Bulldogs after kind of a shaky start because that you know you give up that first touchdown you throw an interception and it has that feel of the Muslim game kind yeah. of yeah. where Martinsburg's probably still going to find a way to win but it's not as clean as you would want it to be uh, especially based on what we've seen this team do in the past um, but then you know 
they take they take care of business from there on out. It wasn't a very competitive football game. So, um, you know, I give credit to Hedgesville though for getting off to that quick start. I think they had an opportunity to potentially make it similar to the Musselman game where they're around for a half uh, early. You know, they they obviously get the you know the first two drives where they could have gone up potentially twelve nothing or more, um, but things just didn't work out for them. So. You know, credit the Martinsburg defense for making those adjustments. Credit uh, Ezra Bajant for really, you know, throwing that interception but bouncing back with five touchdown passes. Um, and overall, a good win for the Bulldogs and what we expected to happen, I think. Maybe it could have been a little bit closer, but obviously, uh, you know, what we thought would ultimately happen, which was Martinsburg winning by multiple touchdowns. And I caught up with head coach Britt Sherman on the field along with uh, quarterback Ezra Bajan. Uh, here is the audio. Spencer. All right, thanks going down here with victorious head coach Britt Sherman. A good showing for your team tonight after uh, last week it seems like we talked to you about half, but you guys are really focused this week. Yeah, just great attitude and effort. Uh, guys were hungry. Um, you know, and we did. We shook some stuff up a little bit, but uh, those guys that were in the game are guys that have been just working extremely hard and focused. And, you know, it, it's, it's just great to come out and have fun with that group. And speaking of focus, it seems like there was a lot less penalties this week than last week in the last few weeks. It seems like, you know, we talked that first half, it seemed for the first couple of weeks it seemed to be like that. And the second half was a saving grace every week. But it seems like you put together a great football game all around today. Yeah, we still I, I still don't like some of the penalties we had. So we still need to clean some of that stuff up. But it is getting a little bit better, and uh, we're going we're going to try to clean some more of that stuff up. But uh, yeah, you know, it's progress, it's getting better each week. And with the uh, score the way it was, able to get a lot of players in to this ball game and get some get them some good experience. Yeah, and uh, you know, we tell them young guys when they go in, no drop off. You know, Nick Buskey gets a score touchdown. You know, Coy Fagan. Those are all names that are, are guys that are working really hard, and uh, young guys that will be up and coming. All right, coach. Congrats on the win. Thank you. We'll now talk with Ezra Bajant. Five touchdowns, the birthday boy. All right, here we go. 18 years old today. Happy 18th birthday and got a big win tonight. Yes, big win versus good team around this area, and we were happy with the outcome. And it seemed like in the first half things were clicking from the beginning of the game. Yeah, things were clicking. Um, the first drive, we had like a miscommunication route, high ball pick, and I had to like get better from that point. So, And we got better in Ended the half good, so everything worked as planned. And you were able to throw it around to a lot of guys today uh, and then mix it in a lot of guys. Your receiving core is down a little bit with some injuries, but a lot of guys stepping up. Yeah, it's a good thing that we have a lot of wide receivers and a lot of guys that can step up because we have a lot of guys hurt right now, so it's good. That... Congrats on the win. Best of luck next week. Yep, thank you. All right, caught up with there. That was uh, head coach Britt Sherman along with quarterback Ezra Bajan after the uh, win on Friday night over Hedgesville, 63-6. to We'll move on to some more games in the EPAC. Jefferson getting a 42-6 to win over North Hagerstown out of Maryland. Uh, seem things clicking for them there. Yeah, and that's what we uh, have been waiting to see. I said the same thing last week. It seemed like things finally started clicking offensively, and the athletes that we know Jefferson has are making the plays that they need to make, and it's another big win for them, and hopefully that uh, success continues for the Cougars as well. Yeah, I mean, we said last week that it seemed like Jefferson had kind of figured out what were their issues in those first few games that they either blew a lead or, and lost or uh, allowed a team to get back into it. 
Um, obviously, though, you know, North Hagerstown, Spring Mills, those still aren't signature wins for the Cougars. So I'm not certain where they'll end up being uh, when it comes to the end of the season. But in terms of getting good wins, getting wins and uh, doing what you're supposed to do against those opponents, Jefferson's found ways to do that. So they're still looking for really that uh, signature win like Musselman got this week. Um, but it, it's still a team that I think is going to be toward the top of the EPAC and, and find its way into the playoffs when uh, the season comes to a close. Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. Uh, we'll move to the next game. Washington finally getting in the win column, guys. A huge 74-20 to win over Parkview out of Virginia. I kind of predicted it was going to be a big win for them this week. And nobody uh, predicted yeah, seventy four. I, I didn't think seventy four. I thought it was going to be. Like I thought they were going to win by three or four touchdowns, but I didn't realize it was going to be a fifty four point victory. Uh, that's got to give them some confidence going down the rest of the season. Going to be a tough game against Martinsburg this Friday, but uh, Washington getting their first win of the season, guys. Yeah, I think, like I said last week, it was a must win for Washington. I didn't see too many other wins on their schedule, if or winnable games on their schedule, if they lost that one. Um, so winning and not only winning, but dominating in the game, putting up 74 points, showing to your team now on film, coach Simpson can look at this game and see and say, look at what we're able to do when we execute. And I know their opponent wasn't the best team, obviously, but it doesn't matter if you execute, you can put up points, you can have success and, um, they can now look toward that on film and, while this week will be extremely hard uh, against Martinsburg, and I don't think they get a win, or probably it's even close, but probably flipped <laughs> of what the <laughs> it's possible. But look, moving forward, when you have some of these other games on your schedule, Hampshire's a very winnable game for them, I think, and they have a few others that they could potentially pick up wins. The other EPAC games, I think, are still winnable, and Washington now has something to build on and I think that's where you want to be after starting 0-4 it's nice to finally get that win and not only get a win but dominate somebody yeah and speaking of a win a big win in Inwood Musselman getting the victory over Morgantown 36 to 33 we'll talk with head coach Brian Thomas here in the next segment but they really it was really from the start that things were going they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown uh, then Morgantown would tie it back up and it was really it was really a shootout yeah, it was, and that makes it for some fun football for those that were in attendance to uh, watch that game, and they put on a show, and that's exactly what you wanted for your first home game going up against the uh, number two team in the state in Morgantown, and Musselman that was a now signature win for back you. on the map. I mean, they are a legit contender in the state this year, maybe not for the state championship because we saw Martinsburg – we all still think the number one team in the state dominate Musselman, but that was their only loss so far. And from then on out, the Applemen have figured out ways to win, and I like this Musselman team and I'm looking forward to hearing what uh, Coach Thomas has to say. Yeah, I think it's realistic that Musselman could end up being the second or third best team in the state this year if they continue to uh, put up wins and they're going to get wins against quality teams if they end up doing that. Uh, we've talked about their strength of schedule being probably the second best in the state behind Martinsburg. So if they get these wins against some of the top teams in the state, you're going to probably see them in the top two or three when those ratings come out, which will uh, we'll be, keeping be an huge. Eye on. Yeah, 
And, and, and I've, I've loved what we've seen so far from Musselman. We'll break it down more with head coach for the Appleman next, Brian Thomas. This segment sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online, deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. Again, head coach of the Appleman, Brian Thomas, on the other side of this break. You're tuned in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. I'm just an You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome you back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you today, and we'll get right to it. Head coach for the Musselman Appleman. Huge win over Morgantown for their home opener on on Friday night. Brian Thomas on the phone. How are you doing today, Coach Thomas? Hey, I'm doing great. How are you guys? We're doing well. Big win for your team on Friday night. Uh, it was really a shootout there. Yeah, it uh, didn't didn't really start that way. First half went pretty quick. Um, first half, was, we were up 14 to 7 at halftime. And it was kind of a slower moving first half. Um, the clock was rolling. Then second half. Uh, really kind of started to pick up a little bit. And then fourth quarter was really uh, back and forth to just, you know, changing leads and really, you know, it was almost who had the ball last. But, you know, for us, uh, they had the ball last. We kind of got a, came up with a little bit of a stop, didn't leave them much time. So it was, uh, yeah, good. good. Uh, anytime you win, it, it, it's good, man. Baden Hartman throws uh, one touchdown and runs for three more in your guys' victory uh, you know, having him healthy and continuing to develop as a quarterback this year, uh, what's it been like to have that as your offense grows around him and um, just the ability to you know, put up 36 points in a, in a back-and-forth kind of game? Yeah, I mean, I mean I've gotten a limb here. I, I, I think Baden's one of the best quarterbacks in the entire state of West Virginia. Um, I, I really do. And, you know, you you watch him and, and, you know, he throws a good ball, but, you know, you probably find some quarterbacks that maybe, you know, people think like, ah, oh, you know, he throws better or, you know, maybe he has more measurables. But, but you know, so much of the quarterback position is about, you know, being a leader and, and your teammates believing in you and being a competitor. And Baden has all of those traits. I mean, just, you know, his, our, our team has so much confidence in him just that he's going to, you know, find them and he's going to make a play and just, you know, the, the plays that he has made this year for us are just amazing. He just keeps finding ways to, to move the chains and to win. And he, he just has so much confidence. So, you know, that, I think that confidence really bleeds out into his teammates and, you know, even into us as coaches, just, you know, the fact that uh, trust him, um, you know, I knew he was going to have a good year, but I think he's just, you know, I, I think he's even exceeding, you know, my expectations and everyone else's expectations um, that he had coming in. <clears throat> other than uh, Hartman, who were some other guys that stepped up in the game to help lead your team to victory? Um, I mean, I, I really think it was a, it was a team win, um, you know, for, for a lot of the aspects. <clears throat> you know, Logan Shelton had a big uh, kickoff return touchdown on the opening kickoff of the game. You know, really every, every, every play's huge. Um, our special teams was was really big for us um you know we we had a block extra point and then they missed another one later on because i think he, they were worried about the rush 
that we had coming at them. So, you know, our special teams are really big. Um, you know, our kicker, Jason Gordon, made every single one of his kicks. So, you know, in a game that you win by only three points, you know, th- those little points here and there really matter. Uh I don't know, man. I, I could continue to talk on and on. Our offensive line continues to get better. You know, we're starting uh, four sophomores on the offensive line. We've had the same starting five all five of our games so far. So I think that continuity is starting to gel. But, you know, you're starting four sophomores coming in to the season. Uh, we really didn't play very well first game against Spring Mills. And, you know, we talked about getting better week in and week out. And we've really uh, – relied on them here these these past three games uh this three game winning streak and they just continue to get better game after game uh defensively we had a really big goal line stop in the second quarter that we stopped them on on a fourth and goal uh inside the the three yard line so you know that that's a huge credit uh to our defense so you know really team effort I, i think a lot of guys really stepped up and played great and looking at your where you are right now, four and one on the season, a bye week this week. Uh, what do you like from your team, and what do you think they need to do uh, to get even better? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the bye week comes at a perfect time. You know, you sit there and say, "Hey, we're we're exactly right in the middle." Five games bye week, and then another five games. You know, we could very easily, and I even thought coming into the season, we could very easily be one and four and still be a good football team. You know, you look at the you look at the teams that we've played so far, um, you know, we, we, we just won three in a row against three really, really good teams. You know, Jefferson, I think Jefferson's, uh, you know, a top 10 team in the state. You know, they're, they're really good. They'll continue to win. Morgantown's a top 10 team in the state. And then Sharando, you know, Sharando's a team that a lot of people, you know, they, they don't know much about out-of-state teams. But if they were in the state of West Virginia, they'd be a top 10 team. So, you know, we just beat three really, really good football teams. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that, we, we are finding ways to win tough games. You know, I, that's probably the first thing that I like the most about our team right now is I think that shows a lot of resiliency and a lot of character when you can, um, you know, be facing adversity and continue to fight and continue to claw and just find ways to win. Um, you know, at, at the same time, um, I, I think there's a lot of little things that we got to get better at, and that's going to kind of be the focus in the bye week of just, you know, kind of shoring some things up and just kind of looking at the first half of the season and figuring out uh, the, the little things that we can uh, build on, whether it be technique-wise or scheme-wise, just kind of getting better at what we do. And you talk about being uh, winning those close games. Eight points, the total margin in these last three wins. Uh, and that could easily have gone the other way for you, as you just said, but eight points, uh, a tight margin in three straight games. Yeah, um, you know, and I, I told the team and I told the coaches too, uh, you know, I've coached long enough now that I've been a part of games where it's like, man, we didn't play well, but we won. And I felt that way really some, some of these past couple games we played. And then I've been a part of games where I felt like, oh, man, we played so good tonight, but we just couldn't find a way to get it done. And, and I'd rather be on the on the first one. I'd rather be, you know, the fact that you're finding ways to win. You know, a month or two from now, it, it really, you know, nobody's going to look and say, like, well, they only won that by that much. You know, a win's a win, um, you know, no matter how you look at it. You know, 10 years from now when they look back and look at this team, you know, they're not they're not going to say, like, ah, well, they were, you know, whatever. I'm just going to throw a number out there. They were 6-4, and 7-3, and three, but, man, they won three of those. They shouldn't have won. They're not going to say that. You know, they're just going to look at the fact that you win. So, you know, at the end of the day, you find ways to win. You find ways to lose. Um, you know, and then you go back and fix the mistakes, um, you know, after the result of that game. And Coach, uh, you mentioned winning those close games, and you would expect to have to do that more throughout the season because 
your schedule doesn't get any easier. You'll, you'll have Hedgesville, Wheeling Park, Washington obviously being an EPAC game, Bridgeport and Parkersburg. So uh, how do you think this first half of the season has helped prepare you for the second half and, of course, uh, where you want to be in the playoffs this year as well? Yeah, I mean, we're not going to run from anybody. You know, I've said that for years. I, th- I think that, um, you know, playing tougher opponents gets you more playoff ready and makes you a better football team. Uh, so, you know, we're not going to run from anybody when we made our schedule. You know, I, I, I think we, you know, when you look at in-state opponents, uh, you know, I'm sure you guys probably say Martinsburg's probably got the toughest schedule, which they do. Holland Springs is as good as anybody, and I know they play some other uh, difficult teams. But, you know, we, we don't, you know, we're not, we, we have one of the toughest schedules in the, in the entire state of West Virginia for sure. Um, you know, and I, I think that's going to help us come playoff time when we get into some tough tests that we've been through. We've been through, um, you know, the difficultness and we've been through the tough times that we'll be ready to kind of, you know, face those tough tests as we get going. So, you know, the second half of our schedule is tough too. Um, but, you know, at, at the same time, hopefully some of these battles that we face the first half of our schedule uh, kind of have us ready for those tough games down the stretch here. As we mentioned earlier, your team on a bye week this week. So what will you guys be focusing on to not only relax during the bye week, but also gear up for a big game in two weeks against Hedgesville? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. And, and this, and I don't mean this at all as a disrespect against Hedgesville. We're not going to, you know, we're, we're, we're really not going to focus on Hedgesville this week. I, I think we have more things that we have to shore up ourselves. We have to focus on ourselves. I mean, for us, number one, first and foremost, is kind of recovering a little bit. I think this is a good week. We, we, got a, we got a little bit of – we got a couple bumps and bruises. We're really healthy as a team, but we got a couple bumps and bruises uh, Friday night against Morgantown that we can really sit down and heal those up. So I think number one, number one above anything else is uh, recovery, that we're going to recover and focus on ourselves um, big time. And then, you know, after that, um, you know, then, then, you know, we'll get into the Hedgesville stuff next week. But we're really not approaching our bye week like a, like a game week. You know, there's, it's different. You know, it's different some years. You know, some years I think we, you would. Um, and some years you don't. Really, it kind of depends on the pulse of your team and, and what you're thinking. I'm sure we'll probably watch some Hedgesville stuff and talk about some of them this week. But th- this isn't really a game week preparation week from us. It's more of a hey, let's rest and let's recover um, and let's go back and fix our mistakes and get better at what we got to get better on. Really, honestly, that's been our motto all season uh, is really, hey, let's focus on us. And then if we get us right, then, you know, I I feel good about anything. But, you know, before we worry about any opponent, uh, we got to make sure that everything's right with ourselves. Coach Brian Thomas, head coach of the 4-1 and Muscleman Appleman. Congrats on the win last week, and uh, have a good bye week, and we'll be out there next week for your game against Hedgesville. Thanks for the time. Awesome. Appreciate it, guys. Look forward to having you. All right, Muscleman head coach Brian Thomas. And, uh, you know, we didn't really get a time to break down this game, but that third and fourth quarter, you know, he said they were up 14-7 at halftime. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I was getting texts from uh, Matt Miller as Matt Miller was at the game and he was updating me on the game. And in the last, like, 10 minutes of the game, it felt like he sent me, like, 20 text messages. Yeah, I mean, it was a crazy game back and forth. Want to shout out uh, Braden Miller as well for scoring the game-winning touchdown reception from Baden Hartman. Uh, But um, just, you know, a great game between those two schools um, this past week. And Musselman continues to be battle-tested, continues to find ways to win football games, which – 
will make them one of the best teams in the state, I think, this year. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how they can continue to develop. But I think that game against Hedgesville is going to be really fun back and forth. Two of the best quarterbacks in the EPAC in Ruest and uh, Hartman going at it um, in a more balanced matchup than what we saw this week between uh, Bajent and Ruest. Um, so that could be a very similar type of game when those two teams go out in two weeks. So looking forward to that and just um, more great football. Yeah, and it helps with the bonus points as you get later into yeah. the year because Morgantown most likely is going to uh, continue to win as well. So you'll be getting bonus points for them. And if you keep winning being a muscleman that I'm talking about now, you got Parkersburg, who's a team fighting for the playoffs. Bridgeport, Wheeling Park. Wheeling Park. So Edgesville. keep racking up those bonus points and get those wins out of those three opponents that we just – well, four opponents throw in Hedgesville as well. Don't want to leave them out. But you could have home field advantage throughout the playoffs for a pretty long time if you keep doing that. I mean, even Morgantown has a tough schedule, though, yes. too. So, uh, I mean, they got Wheeling Park. They got Fairmont. Uh, Parkersburg, South, John Marshall University. So, I mean, they're playing some good teams as well. Uh, so both those teams really wanted that win because it's going to be bonus points, like Colin said, and it's also probably going to be playoff spots on the line, potentially, uh, depending on how they're able to maneuver through the second half of the season. And, you know, I'm not going to say this lightly, but, I mean, the way that Hedgesville is – or, excuse me, Muscle, Musselman's playing. Excuse me, I was looking at their game next week and thinking about it because I'll be on play-by-play mm-hmm. next week. The way that Musselman is playing, they legitimately have a shot to go 9-1 and one or 8-2. and two. Yeah. Like, that is that is not wild to say that they have a shot to do so. I mean, Wheeling Park, 3-2. and two. Parkersburg uh, took one on the chin, I believe, last week. They're 2-2 two and two now. And, you know, Bridgeport is who Bridgeport is. That's going to be – that's kind of the toss-up game that I have right now that could get them at 8-2 and two or 9-1. and one. Uh, But, uh, you know, Hedgesville, that'll be a tightly contested game. But they're in a place where they could legitimately go 8-1, and 9-2 and – or, excuse me, 9-1 or 8-2, and two, and maybe 7-3. Really and three. And we heard it from Coach Thomas is that they're healthy Yes, because at this point last year – I mean, I can't remember what point, but they, they had, had already Ray Adamas at their, as their quarterback at yeah. one point in the season, and then he got hurt, I believe. I mean, the Musselman lost big time to Morgantown a year ago, and so you just see the difference in, in the health of the team and uh, where they're at. So I would agree with that, um, but it will be difficult that don't necessarily have super impressive records like Wheeling Park being 3-2. and two. I mean, they've played tough teams, and they're a good team. It's not a guaranteed win uh, really at all on their schedule. So um, – I do think they have the talent, yeah. and, they, and they've proven to this point to, like I said, be battle-tested and win these close games against big-time opponents, but uh, it's it's not a lock for them no. to get to 9 I'm saying they have a legit shot. To- no, they do, and I think, like I said, but I think every game could potentially be a toss-up for them, uh, so that would make it things difficult, but also make them better as the season goes on. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that as well, but that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store. Not just a supply store any longer, cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family owned and operated right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. And there's out of this break, we'll talk Shepard. Big win in an all-time classic game, another one up in Kutztown. We'll talk about that when we come back. After this two-minute break, you're tuning the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. So alive, never been more free. Fired up my daddy's lighter and we sang, oh, 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 oh
Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Third and five from the 30. Beijing. Looking deep. Throws for Marlon Cook. He makes the pitch. On the other side of midfield, Marlon Cook is all by himself, and they'll take it into the end zone. Touchdown, Shepard. They take the lead with 141 to go in the fourth quarter. Tyson Bajit just threw it over top of the Kutztown defense. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. You heard Nick's call there from TV 10, WRNR TV on YouTube as Shepard wins another all-time classic over Cutstown 42-35 at Andre Reed Stadium on Saturday. And Nick, that was a heck of a win by Shepard. And it seems like whenever these two teams play, we get great games. Yeah, I mean, there's never been more than an eight-point deficit between the two teams. They've played... Uh, close games every single time uh, that they faced off. And also, the home team has never won when Kutztown takes on Shepard. So if they were to meet again, you better hope that it's at Kutztown if you're a Shepard fan, uh, based on the trends. But Marlon Cook with a historic day, 212 receiving yards, uh, making him the first Rams player to have over 200 yards since Ryan Feist did it in uh, 2018 in a win over Concord. 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 What did I say? Conquered. 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 They conquered. Conquered. Concord. <laughs> but, uh, so, uh, a historic day, and uh, he can better. It's been really impressive. He's had yeah. over 100 yards in every game this season for Shepard. Uh, so, he's become the uh, number one wide receiver for the Rams, and Ryan Beach uh, continues to make an impact, but teams are really focusing on, on keeping him in front of the defense, which has opened up things for Cook. And with his size, that's something that the Rams necessarily haven't had in the past is a big wide receiver that can go up and, and snag the football. At least they didn't have that necessarily last year. I mean, Gonteric was only about six foot, but he had the ability to leap up there and make catches. But, I mean, Marlon Cook's six one, six two, uh good vertical, and, and he's just he's all got of a sudden six, become a star receiver for them. He's got 643 yards on the season. For on 30 catches in four games. Uh, I'm trying to do some quick math. That's 47 more yards than anybody else in all of Division Two. Yeah, I mean, the guy's been a beast. So uh, hopefully that keeps up for Shepard. You know, they have a lot of different weapons on that team. And it's also funny, every time Shepard plays Kutztown, it's just like Kutztown all of a sudden can throw the football. I mean, they are a yes. first football team all the way you know they only attempted six passes in their 50 point outing against mercyhurst and donnie blaine looked like tyson bajan on the other side i mean he was very impressive 380 yards i believe in the in the loss so uh that led to the shootout jerome cap like we said heading into the game is one of the best receivers in the pennsylvania state athletic conference he just doesn't necessarily get the football a lot because of them being a run first team and he showed that on saturday so uh, those two teams are very evenly matched it probably is the toughest challenge on the shepherd schedule uh for the entire season or at least in the regular season um so there's a good chance that shepherd can win the the east this year uh from here on forward because they take a nice lead over Cutstown with the win and also the rest of their schedule, really the only team that you would look at as a 
as a team that typically can contend with Shepard is Westchester. But, I mean, you never know. Shippensburg this week is a rivalry matchup that has been almost dead even. The Rams hold a 12-11 lead all time in the series. So, uh, you know, that's a competitive series. But Shippensburg has been down the past couple of years. So we'll have to wait and see. But it looks like Shepard could, could come away at the East Division uh, with that win on Saturday. Yeah, and it's crazy to think even though I was going to go with the aspect uh, to fight fire with fire is what the saying is, and that's exactly what Cutstown tried to do with the passing game from Blaine and got to tip your cap to him with how impressive of a performance he had. They just fell short, but even in the first half when it was 21-7, the offense wasn't clicking yet for Shepard. You never truly had a feeling that they were out of it because you knew what the offense was capable of and because of the way those two touchdowns happened to start off for Shepard you could tell that easily the momentum was able to come right back to the Rams one being the pick six and then the kickoff return for a touchdown from Ronnie Brown and then finally the offense got going after that to create the back and forth game and you like that aspect of Shepard being able to always find a way to win it seems like and and make adjustments at half. Exactly. I mean, 400 yards passing for Tyson Bajan in the second half. He only threw the ball for 58 <laughs> yards in the first half. Cutstown had it for the majority of the first half. I don't think Shepard touched the ball in the second quarter because of Ronnie Brown's kickoff return. I think you're right. Uh, so that that was insane, I mean, in the first half on Saturday. But second half, you know, they adjust so well. Uh, a lot of good offensive minds there in that room, and, and they're able to uh, – figure out how to how to get the offense going and it's just a spark that they needed really i mean without the defense and the special teams they don't win that game probably uh but the defense and the special teams made those those key plays that you know you need to win football games and it takes all three phases to win it and does I think take that, all that gets phases. overlooked with Shepard because of how explosive their offense tends to be but sometimes if you don't have the offense going uh, the Rams do have the defense that can make plays like that, and the special teams unit uh, has gotten better, and they were able to get that win. Um, so Tyson Bajant right now, uh, 115 for 164, 1,529 yards to lead all of D2 uh, by over 130, 40, 150 uh, yards, 13 touchdowns and two picks. According to a highly disputed Dylan Bishop's podcast, According to the NCAA Division II record book, Tyson Bajan has 18 passing touchdowns and 2,283 passing yards away from the all-time Division II career records for both of those. He very well could get both those records, um, you know, presuming he stays healthy and the Rams yeah. uh, continue to play well. Uh, but I think Tyson has definitely improved from last year this year, and it may not always look that way like in the first half or at times – against uh cal the offense was a little shaky but i think one he's not turning the ball over uh you know only two interceptions is good and he has a fumble so that's not really a whole lot of turnovers and i think too you know the ability for him to never really be out of a game and against two of the better defenses that he's going to play put up over 400 yards uh is very impressive and uh just continues to you know, amaze offensively, and the Rams could be back at the uh, 
the sweeping the awards because I think Kyle Smith's got a really good case for Defensive Player of the Week with his two sacks and the forced fumble there at the end to seal the deal. Not even that. I mean, you could even look at Dwayne Grantham, I believe. What 16 tackles. 16 tackles in the game? I mean, either way, I mean, you got multiple candidates for – I mean, it just depends Offense on whoever too. Was, I mean, you could go with It just depends Marlon on Coach whoever they want. submitted. Yeah, you can only submit one guy. Each team, I believe, can only submit one guy. Which to is crazy, right? I mean, Shepard should be able to submit the whole team. Clayton Baden, Defensive Player of the Week. I mean, yeah, there's so much going on there. Uh, we will wait and see whatever uh, the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference will post uh, on their Facebook pages, and they will post and we'll figure it out later on today. Uh, but uh, before we uh, hit the break, some other football, college football scores around the country. Uh, anything big, guys? Marshall lost again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of that. Marshall, apparently Charles Huff named as a potential uh, replacement at Georgia Tech. I don't know why he's not by even Pete beating Dama. Troy. Yeah, I don't understand this. I really don't understand. I mean, you get one good win, and that doesn't make you a D1 or Power 5 football coach, I don't think, in my opinion. I mean... I thought there was some good stuff there. In, in, obviously, in the Notre Dame win, it looked like maybe Charles Huff was starting to get a real hold on this program and they were going to be a contender for the Sun Belt this year. But these last two weeks, the offense has just been so inconsistent and uh, the defense really struggled against I also Bowling think Green. it's going to be the, the offensive coordinator. This week. Yeah. I don't understand. I'm going to rant quickly right here. Fair enough. I mean, they don't Why really have a Why are you running a two-quarterback system? I don't understand. Somebody please, Charles Huff, please explain to me. Clint Trickett, please explain to me. Get him on the show. I don't get it. You're running a package for this Cam Fancher kid, and uh, your package has your starting quarterback that you named undisputedly, really, at the beginning of the year, saying that you're, you know, Fancher will play in a package situation. Well, package situation means you know maybe two or three plays at a time, not drives, multiple drives back to back to back in a ball. Well, I mean, game. they they put him into the game against Bowling Green on a third and seven. They just have Cam Fancher on the field, who's not a throwing quarterback. Uh, I just don't understand that. But I just don't think Henry Columbia is very good. If I'm being honest, I mean, we saw Week One him him not really make a whole lot of impressive throws. They're going to win this week, I would hope. Uh, but Week One was against Norfolk State. You know, against Notre Dame, the running game was really what carried them to that victory. So, I, I wouldn't be questioning if they eventually go the the true freshman in Zamora or Cole Pennington because I just think I just think that's better for your program at this point. I mean, Columbia's a, what a six year guy. Yeah, I mean, heck, you had a Is shot this to his bring third in school. You had a shot to bring in a guy from the Panhandle too. And I believe they, it's his third school, so. and they didn't because they got Columbia. I mean. If this is his third school, then there's a reason you're on your third school. Yeah. You know, I joked about that with uh, WVU's quarterback. JT but I, Daniels. Yes. I was going to call him Jared Daigie. Do you know who the backup quarterback for Troy was? Jared Daigie. Jared Daigie. Yeah. I forgot he transferred after leaving Western Kentucky, which Western Kentucky put up. Did you see the score for I that? I didn't see that now. It was seventy three nothing. You see Stephen F. Austin on whoever ninety eight to nothing yeah. an NAIA school. Yeah, seventy three to nothing Western game? Kentucky over FIU. Warren and NAIA school. FIU has just fallen off 
the, yeah, they have. So they bad. really need to just close their program. Uh, but a game you heard on T- Talk Radio WRNR uh, with the Mountaineers playing on Thursday night from Westwood One's coverage of the NCAA. Uh, number five, Clemson against number 21, Wake Forest. It was a shootout there, went to overtime. Clemson gets the 51 45 victory in overtime. And uh, that was a really good game if you were listening on the radio. I watched the end of it, and it, it was crazy because. They went into that second overtime, as you just said, and Clemson had the ball first, scored the touchdown, but went for two. Yeah. Missed it. So you're like, all right, Wake Forest can just score a touchdown, kick the extra point, and win. And because of the way, as you said, the shootout was going, you thought that was going to be the case. But Clemson was able to uh, stop the drive. It was a long fourth down. And even though you didn't have to take a shot in the end zone for Wake Forest, they still chose to do so. And it was a pass into double coverage that I'm somewhat questioning, but it was still a fun game. And well, it'll be interesting to see how Clemson does the rest of the yeah. year. Texas A&M gets the upset over number ten Arkansas, the 23rd ranked Texas A&M Aggies, 23 to 20 or yeah, 23 21. Uh, Tennessee comes out on top, the 11th ranked team over the 20th ranked team in Florida, 38. You see the ending to, to that 33. Arkansas A&M game. Sorry for interrupting you, but that was yeah, crazy too. It was crazy hitting the top of the upright. Yeah. Uh, but one game, a big upset, uh, was a Conference USA team in Middle Tennessee winning, no, uh, beating number 25 Miami, 45 to 31. That was a huge victory uh, for the Middle Tennessee program. What is going on in Miami? I don't know, but uh, then Texas Tech sucks. upsets number twenty-two Texas in overtime. Yeah, Horns Texas down. still gets a Horns night down? game for yeah, the home know. game against WVU. That's interesting. Even after being upset. Well, it's because they announced it Saturday morning. Money. I thought it was Saturday evening. No. I don't know. Money. Money. Yeah, money, I mean, money. it's Texas football. Yeah. But it was a heck of a weekend in college football. It's also no, a heck of a weekend either. in the NFL. There's no referee here. Hey. It was a heck of a weekend in the NFL. We'll break that down. Uh, it's a misery Monday for the Commanders. Uh, but what else is new? Was, I might have to buy Red Zone after watching it yesterday. Oh, it was good. You don't you I, weren't I, even watching it. I kept tuned. I had to do something during the Orioles' rain delay. That's true. All right. We'll talk about the NFL when we come back. Segment sponsored in part by Parsons Ford, Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Go to ParsonsFord.com for more. We'll be back in two minutes. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome to the final segment of the Sports Mix for your Monday, September 26, 2022. Brought to you in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343. Stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Spencer, Nick, and Colin hanging out with you for the final seven or so minutes on today's edition of the Sports Mix. We'll talk some NFL football. Unfortunately, the Commanders just get embarrassed at home. Uh, really should have been at uh, Lincoln Financial Field the way the, the Eagles fans came and showed out there in Landover, Maryland. A 24-8 loss uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, safety and then a touchdown that... Uh, did they go for two? I don't even know what happened. I was I stopped watching the game to be completely. I didn't honest. watch the game. Uh but the Eagles scored twenty four points Wasn't in the second quarter. Yeah, there was yeah. a safety. Safety and then a touchdown, but we're trying By to By Antonio Gibson. I they probably missed the extra point knowing them. I don't know. 
Uh, let's look at the box score. We'll I was about to say, out. pull up the box score. Let's figure it out. But it was an embarrassing game that all around uh, just went Philly's way from what I saw whenever I was able to, to in, tune in here and there whenever I was at the uh, Orioles game. But Two-point attempt. It, it was a Philly fan crowd, which sucks because it's supposed to be a Washington home game. But as I was uh, tuned into the pregame show on my drive – it was the fact that you lost last week against Detroit. So instead of being 2-0, and you're 1-1. and So that probably kept some fans away from this one. And nobody wants to interact with Philly fans. No. Let's be honest. It's true. Philly fans Philly are the worst. Philly fans are the worst, the most annoying fans, it seems like, in sports, no matter what sport it is. And good for them for invading, getting the win, but... Now, who's going to want to go to FedEx with the way not this me. team's playing? Not me. If somebody gave me free tickets, unless they're in a suite, I'm not going. Uh, but uh, let's talk some NFL. Uh, this weekend, Sunday, yesterday, was the uh, free preview day for NFL Red Zone. Uh, I may have to purchase it because I haven't seen Red Zone, quite honestly, probably five, six years. I just you know have don't have it, haven't paid for it. Haven't seen there was a free preview weekend. Uh, the witching hour, that last hour between the, the where the first games are ending at like starting at like three fifteen, three thirty, things get crazy. The quad box, the four, like oh my gosh, like uh, Scott Hansen is so freaking awesome. Like makes you want to get it. <laughs> it really does. But just being able to go from game to game to game was really freaking awesome. Like I have to say. Um, yeah, I was doing that to watch uh, the Chiefs, who unfortunately lost, since that's who I had to win in our survivor pool. Yeah, how's that going? How many people are left now? Four, Four. people. Four people are yep, left? Six people were eliminated this week because I was eliminated of the uh, Chiefs and then the Chargers. Yeah. I, yeah. I had the Bengals, too, at first, and I'm like, but they're 0-2. That's and, how I was thinking, you know, too. I, I, wrote I just the Bengals the down. fact that they were playing the Jets. Yeah. When I was kind of like thinking how I would pick at the beginning of the mm-hmm. year. Um, I was thinking the Bengals there week three against the Jets, but they were 0-2, and I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, they just lost to uh, – who was it that they lost to? The Cooper week Rush. Yeah, Cooper Rush. I was like, they could lose to Flacco. Exactly. And uh, But that was not the case. Yep. And, I mean, it made sense that they won. What, what was kind of funny is my dad is in the survivor pool, and he had texted me. Who to um, pick? And he texted me, are you picking the Bengals or the Chargers this week? I said, neither, the Chiefs. And he goes, I don't like that pick, but since you took them, I'm going to take the Chiefs. And, I was like, and okay. now you're both out. <laughs> I was like, you should have took the Bengals. I, I mean, I don't know why you're listening to me. Uh, but the Ravens won. That was good. Yeah, uh, Ravens, get the, win. Ravens get the win 37-26. That secondary looked to be much improved after last week. At times. I mean, Devontae Parker had some big catches. Uh Aguilar didn't, didn't too much. It's probably the weakest receiving core in the league, so or one of the weakest. Has there been an update on uh, Mac Jones? I don't know. I have not seen one. Uh, but can we just talk about good. this, the close-scoring games yesterday? I mean, you had the Titans-Bears, or Texans-Bears. Uh, the Bears win 23-20. The uh, battle for the o, battle for 0-2 teams uh, between the Raiders and the Titans. The Titans win 24-22. The Chiefs upset the Colts. 
Uh, the Chiefs are vice versa. Colts upset the Chiefs. Colts are now one one and one, uh, twenty to seventeen. The Dolphins get a win over the Bills. Dolphins now three and zero, twenty one to nine. Uh, huge win there. A four point victory for the for the Vikings over the Lions, who scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter, twenty eight twenty four. What else? What else happened here? Uh, Dolphins are going to get fucked. Falcons. Maybe I don't know. Falcons beat the Seahawks 27-23. The Packers beat the Bucks 14-12. The Broncos beat the 49ers 11-10. Those are a lot of close scores. And it's a lot of low-scoring yes. games. And I wanted mm-hmm. to, I saw Especially a report from uh, Jamison Hensley of ESPN who covers the Ravens and uh, this is the currently the Tyus or currently the second lowest scoring week or the only time let me just restart. The Ravens and the Jaguars are the only two teams to score over 30 points this week, which is tied for the fewest in a single week since 2006. Wow. Uh, according to ESPN stats and info. So uh, depending on what happens tonight, it, it could you know stay tied, or if they get to three, then it would be a different I don't think stat. either team scores over 30 tonight. But we I talked mean, about that off the air. From a fantasy, fantasy perspective, it was kind of a low-scoring week. It really was tonight. Uh, Not for me. Monday Night Football, Cowboys-Giants. You can catch that on the radio side starting at 8 p.m. from Westwood One. Uh, but tonight from 6 to 8 p.m., we're back at the Neon Moon for another week of Monday Night Mayhem. We'll catch up with Shepard head coach. Uh, Ernie McCook along with Tyson Bajan and another player and uh, we'll kind of probably talk more about the wild crazy week in the NFL uh, but a lot of stuff to go on at Monday Night Mayhem tonight Colin. Yeah we'll have to see if uh, Tyson brings Michael back just uh, <laughs> I was thinking the you know I really was thinking about when, when that was watching that game on Red Zone I was like you know what <laughs> Michael McCook and Tyson Bajan right now. They're probably yelling at their TV or something but if hey, they were watching it. We said last week on the show yeah. that Michael McCook was going to get a touchdown, and he did. Yeah, uh, but before we end the show, I just want to shout out Cullen Horowitz. He's transferring in the portal. Again, he's going to go to play at UNC. But for Colin, Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long. We'll talk to you tomorrow.